You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's cool fact of the day is that babies have around 100 more bones than adults. We have about 300 bones at birth with cartilage between many of them. And that extra flexibility helps you pass through the birth canal and allows you to grow really rapidly. And as you age, those bones fuse together, leaving about 206 bones in the average adult skeleton. This is probably one of those reasons that babies are basically made out of rubber because they take the most horrific falls and just get up and keep going. It's kind of creepy if you ever have one. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today is one of my favorite kind of episodes because... We're recording a Q&A where Dr. Mark Atkinson, the Bulletproof Medical Director, and I get to hear your questions and then respond to them. You can leave questions for us by going to bulletproof.com slash PQ. That stands for podcast questions. That's bulletproof.com slash PQ. If you go there, you can just use your phone or your computer to record a quick question. We'll play it on the air and we'll answer it for you. It's kind of like a talk show dial-in sort of thing but you can do it at your convenience and we'll answer it when we get a chance to be together in the studio so we can really focus on what you want to hear. 
if you're interested in hearing something, the odds are very high that tens of thousands of other people want to hear that. So I'd appreciate it if you'd take your time to just go to bulletproof.com slash PQ and ask away. The other thing to know about is that we just upgraded the Bulletproof forums. You can go to forum.bulletproofexec.com and there's a whole bunch of people, tens of thousands of people who are Bulletproof, who are willing to answer your questions and just it's a community of people. One of the things that leads to happiness is community and one of the things that leads to success socially and economically, actually, is happiness. I gave a talk at the last Bulletproof conference about that. So join the community, go to forum.bulletproofexact.com and ask questions there as well. But if you record something for us, we'll answer your question on the air, most likely anyway. I do my best to answer all of them. And Mark and I just love doing this. Mark's an integrative functional medicine physician and leads the Bulletproof coach training. You can learn about the Bulletproof executive coach training at bulletprooftraininginstitute.com. All right, shall we get started, Mark? Okay, yeah, so the first question we got have that we have is an audio. Hi, Dave. I came to the U.S. when I was 29, and it's been almost 16 years, but I still struggle with the English language, especially in listening. I know that it's impossible to recognize the sounds that you weren't exposed to when you were young, but I wonder if you have come across any brain hack to improve your listening skills in foreign languages. Any little tip would be appreciated. Thanks. Well, the first tip is to go back to your question. And when you say something like, I know it's impossible to, it actually is impossible. So you've got to rewire that statement and that belief system because there are people in fact, my wife's father, um, who is uh, from Czechoslovakia, or sorry, not father, her, um, her grandfather, learned Swedish, which is definitely not at all like Czech, when he was 80, mm-hmm. right? So it can be done. There was one case that disproved the statement, it's impossible to. So maybe he was an alien. In fact, I'm pretty sure of it. But that notwithstanding... You've got to understand that this is possible and it is doable. And two immediate technologies come to mind, and then we'll pick Mark's brain sure. on this. Uh, aside from the, the cognitive enhancers, getting your mitochondria working better, because your ears are tied into your mitochondria uh, and your neurological processing is tied in, there are ways to exercise your ears. Uh, there's a technology called Tomatis, T-O-M-A-T-I-S, which can actually train the muscles in your ears to be able to hear a wider range of sounds and to have more flexibility. So auditory training may really, really make a difference. What this is, is in part like almost a biofeedback thing. That's an exercise for your ears. There are other things, uh, if you're missing segments of sound that you could do, something called auditory integration training. The other thing that I have played with, but I haven't played enough with, is that your language processing is basically a couple inches above your left ear and back a little bit, that part of the brain. I've never tried running TDCS, a small electrical current over that, but it could work. I did try infrared stimulation many years ago of that part of the brain, and I sort of spoke in garbled words for four to Mm -hmm. six hours, which is a little scary, but Mm -hmm. who knows, maybe it's better. I can tell you I've not successfully hacked this, because I do not hear Swedish. It sounds like Swedish and French both sound like someone like mumbling sounds. And when someone says a word to me, just one word, 
I will say a different word back. It's slightly different. I, I don't hear the, the sounds right, which is kind of frustrating because I can hear Spanish sounds okay. So you can fix it, but it's going to take effort, and it's probably going to take real-time feedback. Uh, I'd be looking at apps that allow you to know when, when you hear it exactly right. But I, I believe you can hack this as long as you understand, first and foremost, that you can hack this. That's the first unlocking of the key. Mark? Yes, yeah, so I'm kind of really pleased you picked up on the belief system. So I just want to take a big picture back, which is anytime we ask a question, it's always really helpful to re-read through the question and just say, is there a belief system there that's actually getting in the way of it? Because there's actually research that says that adults can even learn better languages than kids. Normally people think, okay, kids learn language much easier. The younger they start, the easier. And that's absolutely true. But as an adult, you absolutely can learn the language and you can improve your listening skills. Yeah. What's really important is how we listen. So most people don't listen. What they do is they listen to themselves. So everyone listening to this podcast knows that there is a constant uh, story process going on inside your brain. And so what tends to happen is that when we're with, with another person, we're actually listening to ourselves. So I'm going to give you some little tips on how to listen. The first thing is to set a real clear intention that when you're surrounded by people who are speaking English, is to slow right down and come into your body. What I mean by that is most people spend their life living in their head. So just breathe into your lower belly, allow your mind to come clear, and really listen. Allow yourself to almost just take in what's being said to you through osmosis. If you're getting tense around it, yeah. that will actually shut the process down. So the more relaxed you are, the better. Because actually we learn better in a state called theta state. Now, theta state is a brainwave state that is a trainable skill that you can actually access in which you're present, relaxed, and open. Now, if we get really stressed around a language, then what happens is we go into high beta, which shuts us down to theta. It's a trainable skill. So learning how to relax, be grounded, and being really clear in your mind why is learning and listening to English really important? And what is it you want to achieve? Be really have a goal in mind. So it's like, you know, most people just need to learn 200, 300 words of any given language, and you master those words. And there are loads of um, websites you can go to that will give you the main English language words, and you just got to immerse yourself in that, listen to local radio, surround yourself by that. But if you get tense around it, yeah, that will shut it down. I, I picked up just from listening to your voice a, a little bit of tension there, and you know, you've been working on it for sixteen years. There's uh, the anxiety that's a block for anything. Yeah. One of the ways to do anxiety here, I, just to get past that, to open up learning, I, I can think of three things just off the top of my head that could be helpful for you. If there's a time where you were yelled at for not uh, not knowing words or not hearing a language or something, that's going to be triggered all the time. Mm-hmm. If it's a kind of a quick and dirty thing, EMDR, which is a therapy technique to go back and sort of erase little traumas like that, could be really beneficial for you. Uh, if it's a bigger thing, I I think 40 Years of Zen is probably the, the biggest, like most uh, high-performance neurofeedback program out there, but it, it, it's pretty exclusive. You could also try something that came to mind when you're talking about theta states, Mark. Mm. If you were to go into a flotation tank, like these big sensory deprivation things, these put you in a theta state pretty reliably. 
Uh, the one that I have downstairs at Bulletproof Labs here allows you to plug an audio source in, and it has underwater speakers. And if you want something to sink really deep, it's it's almost amazing what happens. You lay there, you're floating, you've got earplugs in, but the sound comes into like your whole body, and you're in a theta state. And anything you listen to when you're in there goes in really deep. And there are cases of people learning languages almost exclusively while floating because it gets you out of the anxiety mode into the theta mode. So a few interesting hacks Yeah, there. you kind of learn languages by osmosis then. So if you're being overly effortful, putting yourself under pressure, pressure is going to backfire. Right. So learning how to manage your state, relax, and just being really clear is like, when is enough as well? Because like, you've been at this for, for 16 years, which is a long time. And you know what? It may well be just finding being at peace with where you're at and being at peace with your level of comprehension will actually unlock your ability to learn a bit more. It's true. And the truth is, we heard the question just fine, right? Your spoken English was really great. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, you know, which part of America you're in. I mean, there are different dialects and tones. And so, you know, I, I would, um, if this is a real big source of anxiety for you, please, first of all, tend to the anxiety and the stress and the tension. And then I invite you to be more accepting of where you're at. Learn how to access the theta states through relaxation and be open to being surprised. Beautiful, well said. I think we got that one. I think we got that one. You put locks on your home. You buy home insurance. You have an alarm on your car and you buy car insurance. You've worked hard to build your business and yet you don't have any cyber insurance to protect it. Small businesses like yours are especially vulnerable to cyber attacks. Over 40% of cyber attacks in 2015 targeted small businesses and 60% of those small businesses attacks closed within six months. Let cyber policy keep you safe. Cyber policy is the first end-to-end solution that combines cyber planning, security, and insurance customized for small business. With cyber policy, your business will be protected against cyber attacks. Get peace of mind for as little as 40 cents a day. Secure your business. Visit cyberpolicy.com and get a custom quote in just four minutes. Look, it's not a matter of if some hacker is going to try to attack your company. It's a question of when. Plan, prevent, insure with cyberpolicy.com. So uh, next question. Hi, Dave. My name is Sharon. I'm from Chicago. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on the Bates method for biohacking your vision. I notice you're starting to wear some reading glasses. Me too. And it's quite the drag. And I was curious if you are into checking that out. Um, I know Dr. Mercola has done it and it's been successful. Thanks. Bye-bye. That is an awesome question, Sharon. And thanks for asking. I have definitely hacked my vision. The first thing that I did, which was probably the wrong thing, was in about 97, uh, so this is going back a while, I did LASIK surgery where they use a laser to reshape the eyes. I ended up with feeling like I had sand in my eyes for a couple of years, really dry eyes, and I saw halos for a very long time. I don't see halos anymore. They're probably still there, but my brain has programmed them out of my reality, so my visual processing changed Uh, And it may have contributed to light sensitivity um, that I've since been able to hack. One of the things that made the biggest difference, though, is about eight or so years after having the original surgery there, my eyes had drifted from 2015 uh, instead of 2020, so it was better than normal. They drifted to about 2060. And I don't remember how many diopters that that is, because I tend to think in the old way of, of measuring vision. And 
I sat down and I spent about an hour every Saturday morning for three months. And I trained my eyes using the Bates method and more to go back to better than 2020. So you can absolutely train your eyes. And you you noticed that I was wearing uh, reading glasses. I actually don't read, or I, I don't need reading glasses. I don't wear reading glasses. The glasses you see me wear on some episodes have a coating on the lens that reduces the eye strain that's caused by excessive blue light. Because the studio here has two LED lights. I talk about all the time how bright blue LED lights are bad for your mitochondria, and you have the most mitochondria in your eyes, and your brain, and your heart. I get visual stress from these things. I always have, and probably 48% of people have that, if not all of us, but 48% of people have excessive stress. That's according to Helen Erlin. And I'm actually changing these lights out for halogen, which will reduce my stress. But I wear those glasses not for lens correction, but to basically keep junk light out of my eyes. And I'd rather just not have junk light present in the studio. It's just hard to get a good video for you without having that look right. So now the Bates method is something that's, for instance, I don't understand it's controversial. I think it's only controversial because it makes optometrists feel threatened from a commercial perspective because it generally works. The idea is there's muscles in your eyes. You can train the muscles in your eyes. But like in the rest of your body, if the mitochondria in your eyes are weak, and I just mentioned you have 10,000 mitochondria per cell in parts of the eye versus about 1,000 mitochondria per cell, say, in the rest of your body. So there's a huge amount of energy used, huge oxygen requirements inside the eye. So you address the eye from a strengthen it biologically. Imagine things like ketosis and things that increase mitochondrial function. Most of the bulletproof techniques do that anyway. Those will help your eyes, help your vision. And then you go into the steps of the base method to train your vision. And some of the simple things you can do, I spent time doing, uh, you tie a, a string to the wall uh, 10 feet away from you and you put three beads on the string and you hold the string to your nose. You look like a total dork to do Bates training, right? And as you're looking at this, you actually see two strings coming away from your eyes because it's sort of the floating finger illusion that you can have if you hold both hands in front of your eyes. That same effect happens. And then you train yourself to look at each bead. So you're teaching your eyes to work well together. What I discovered in the course of three months of training my eyes with a, a specialty called developmental ophthalmologist, yeah, developmental ophthalmologist, is that my movement patterns, my body, my functional movement patterns weren't wired right. And so when I do things like close my eyes and march in space, unconsciously and without my knowledge, I spin in a circle, I'm doing it. And these are crawling reflexes, like very low-level wiring that happens at the brainstem level. In my case, it's probably because I learned to read when I was 18 months old. There's a lot of advantages to learning to read when you're 18 months old. Visual processing and physical movement are not among the advantages that you get from learning to read early. You spend all your time thinking instead of feeling, and you spend all of your time reading instead of moving. So... Those are both advantages and disadvantages that I've had. And this kind of work to train my vision was some of the most exhausting work that I've ever done. I would come home when I was done with an hour of training and just go to sleep. And like sleep for four hours and just kind of be a zombie and kind of a jerk because I was just, just exhausted at a cognitive level. So I absolutely support the Bates method. You can retrain these things. I didn't realize that Dr. Mercola had started doing the Bates training, but it doesn't surprise me. He's actually a pretty accomplished biohacker. He's been on the show, and we've shared his stage at a couple conferences, uh, so I have a lot of respect there. And if you are listening to this, and you, you're thinking about your eyes, you're considering an eye surgery, let's say, 
I even had uh, an astigmatism on one side that went away in three months. We're talking, let's see, 12 one-hour sessions of training. It's not that much work, except that when you're doing the training, it's really hard. And finding specialists like this isn't that easy to do. You might also consider reading uh, a book by Meyer Schneier called Yoga for Your Eyes, which takes the Bates Method and moves it on. Meyer's training videos, I would call them, are are hard to follow. I, I have them. And I can tell you, though, that in person, when he spoke at the Silicon Valley Health Institute, which is a, the anti-aging nonprofit group that I've run for more than a decade in Silicon Valley, he was one of the more inspiring people I've ever met. This guy has had 200 surgeries on his eyes mm. since he was a very small child. He, by every definition known to man, should be legally blind. Mm. His cornea is it's like shattered glass, mm. like, a, like looking at pieces of a broken mirror. And just through force of will and through some physical movement things and breathing and relaxation and embodying things, he can drive. He can read. And what he did is he just refused to accept being blind, and he reprogrammed his brain to reassemble the world around him that comes in through these shattered lenses to reprogram it into a picture of reality that's completely functional. And just the amount of willpower and effort and force in the story there is, is just sort of like it brings a tear to your eye. It's that powerful, the story of just overcoming triumph. So we know you can tell your brain to reprogram whatever the eyes see. And you should read yoga for your eyes. You also owe it to yourself to check out uh, Helen Erland's work at the Erland Institute. Helen spoke at the last Bulletproof Conference. She'll be at the fourth annual conference this year where we're expecting around 3,000 attendees. The first conference was only 100. And I'm now a certified Erland practitioner for level one, which means I can diagnose whether someone has what Helen's identified as scoptic sensitivity. I have it. When you see me wear my, my sunglasses indoors, I have some older ones that were more orange, and as my brain actually improved, the ones I have now are a little bit more gray. But what this is is a custom tint for my eyes because certain wavelengths of color create stress inside my brain, so I tend to get more tired if I'm in a visually stressful environment. My color of tint might be different than Mark's color would be. And Mark, you were not sensitive, right? You did the training as well with me. Oh no, I I, you did I was, and that okay. was that was a revelation. There. Ah, okay. I'll 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 share a bit about that. Yeah, once yeah. You've, talk, once you've done let, let's bit. talk about that. So Helen Erland's stuff is something you absolutely should look at. If you're looking at the Bates method, you might find that just putting a colored sheet of, of plastic yeah. over what you read it can change the amount of energy you have every day. When people, roughly half of us who have this, put on these mm-hmm. lenses, it's like you got your brain back at the end of the day. It's a game changer. Uh, my buddy Abel James uh, did this uh, from Fat Burning Man. He uh, went and saw Helen Erlen after, I think, meeting her at the Bulletproof Conference. And he has his indoor sunglasses. And same thing. like, I got 25% of my brain back. So this is a big thing. Mm-hmm. The eyes, if you stress them out, the mitochondria in your eyes, they get stressed. The mitochondria are just basically ancient bacteria embedded in our cells that are kind of running the cells, to be honest. So then they get stressed. Where, the, where do they go? They go into the brain where you also have a lot of mitochondrial density and these things communicate with each other. So you can create a wave of mitochondrial stress throughout the body just by having visual stress. So it's really important you get your eyes fixed. So what do you think, Mark? 
Yeah, I, I thought this was a great question. I came across his work 10 years ago. Anyone who's a biohacker um, or into natural health will come across this event. Mm-hmm. It's just one of the rites of passage. You, you know, you just come across it. Uh, Dr. Bates, you know, he actually wrote his book way back in 1919. This is like nearly yeah, 100 years old. ago. I think he's one of the original biohackers. And, and, you know, what I love about his approach is just saying, hey, listen, before, before you are told to get corrective lenses, take a moment to pause and ask yourself the question, why do I have this problem? And that is at the heart of taking charge of your health. You just ask the question, why? And really what he was saying in a nutshell was that tension held in the muscles that surround the eye distort the eyeball and therefore create blurred vision. And so we create and store muscular tension throughout our body, but also around our eyes. And so he came up with a series of exercises, relaxation exercises, that were designed to essentially release this held tension. And for some people, it works really well. For others, it doesn't. But you only find out by doing it. The worst mistake you can make is immediately to go to corrective lenses. Yeah. Because then that falls under the category of what I call lazy medicine. Lazy medicine is, well, you treat the symptom um, with a medication or a tool or a procedure. And what you want to do is you want to intervene before then and say, I'm going to take some time to read around the subject and to look at all the different causes and to do what I can do over the next couple of weeks and months to help myself. And so I really, when I first came across this, I thought this was deeply insightful. Then I go on to learn about Helen Erlen's work. Because I'm thinking, well, why do we get this kind of muscular tension in these eyeball muscles? What is it about our environment that actually triggers this? Well, it turns out that a lot of us are very sensitive to very specific wavelengths of light. And what they do is when you're exposed to those wavelengths, they scramble and create brain static. And when you grow up with this, it becomes normal for you. But then when you apply the remedy, which is color-tinted glasses, or um, if you do some reading and read it through um, a colored translucent sheet, you experience this wave of relaxation because it's no longer stressful to your body. So one way you can tell whether you have this Erlen syndrome is really whether you, you struggle and suffer when you're exposed to bright lights and fluorescent lighting. You know, if you go into the mall, shopping mall and you notice you get depleted really easy, you get distracted, you get irritable, you get anxious. Another thing is like... I was going to say that most people don't know it's lighting. Like I, yeah. I, used to talk with, I used to talk with my dad. He's like, there's no oxygen inside these these big box stores inside these shopping malls. I hate the shopping mall. Mm. He didn't know why. Right. And he said, it's gotta be the air. And sometimes they have formaldehyde and, and they have stuff in there, yeah. Right. But here's the That's trick. Go to a store that always makes you tired, put on a baseball hat and sunglasses, just look like a terrorist or a shoplifter. It's okay. And just see the difference. And what you'll find yeah. is you went in, you bought what you wanted and you went out. And when you go in there normally <laughs> And you have this, which is roughly half of us. You go in there and you're like, I have no idea why I'm here. I'll just take one of everything. And you have yeah. a shopping cart full of crap you don't yeah. need. And then the shop is in charge of your decision-making yeah. abilities because you make bad decisions when your brain is stressed. Yeah. So here's the thing. So when you're exposed to this light, it scrambles your brain. Your energy goes down. And you may also notice, and, and just take a moment to reflect on this, that when you read text, particularly if it's white paper with black text, 
If you find it hard to read a sentence and it causes a bit of strain, or you see distortion in the text, now we actually have a video of yeah. this. Oh yeah, we'll link that in here, which we're going to link in. Yeah. Um, and what happens is people people tell me to say, "Wow, I've lived with this all of yeah. my life, and I thought it was normal." You know, you should not get tired when you read. You should not get tired when you're exposed to scent wavelengths of life. But if you have this underlying predisposition, then it is a significant source of kryptonite and source of stress. And and my um, belief is that it is a significant contributor to the muscular tension in and around mm-hmm. the eyes that cause distortion. I, I've read, I, I have no idea how many thousands and thousands of books, but I'm a voracious reader because I learned to read when I was young. And I didn't know I had this. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first sat down, this was probably oh, 10 years ago, 2008, eight years ago, I was noticing we'd shifted to LED lights indoors, and, and which are even worse than fluorescents. Yeah, yeah. And I was having a hard time in my new job in a, a big, big box in Silicon Valley. And so I said, right, I'm going to hack this. And I did all this research, and I, I found Helen Erland's work, and I went and I drove to Walnut Creek, and I took a look at doing the, doing the Erland test, and I said, I don't have a problem reading. Are you kidding me? Like, I read fast. I read reliably. Like, I love to read. I read for fun. And then this guy sat me down with bright paper under fluorescent lights. And he's like, what do you see around the words? I'm like, space. He goes, no, like, look some more. Like, like there, there's something going on there. And I had filtered this out of my awareness. Around the words, there's all sorts of dancing crap, but I couldn't see it because I, I had just trained myself to not see it. So when I looked what was there, I'm like, this is weird. And when I went and I met Helen, uh, the inventor of this stuff down in L.A., a while later, like actually almost eight years later, she did her own review of me. She said, Dave, you're one of the five worst cases I've ever seen, but I was unaware of it. That's it. And yeah. like, how could I have not known? And, 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 and the reason you didn't know was because the brain is incredibly adaptive yeah. and it finds ways to accommodate and work around it. But here's the thing. When you correct the problem by using the overlays, your brain no longer has to do that. And it increases the efficiency of the brain and it liberates this, all this sense of energy and freedom. So if you're listening to this and going, well, I don't know whether that applies to me or not, um, take a look at the video which we're going to provide you the link to, um, and, and go and take a look at our website as well, because if you have this, this will be undermining your ability to focus and perform and do everything that matters to you most, because it's a constant source of stress. And, and think about this. Like, okay, this is going on. It's constantly sucking energy. So you do a test, and with, it's like going to an ophthalmologist kind of thing. And then you get a pair of sunglasses with custom lenses and you just wear them like you would reading glasses indoors and suddenly you like double the amount of energy you have. Like that it's is really a serious big. biohack. Yeah. It's ginormous. And this is why it is so important we ask ourselves, what is the cause of this problem? Because like, say if you're tired all the time and so you're taking all the adaptogens, you're doing herbs, you're doing all these kind of things to improve your energy. But if the problem is the light exposure combined with the Erlen syndrome, that's what you need to address. In fact, if this is really, uh, really interesting for you, I have in the last year reduced my light sensitivity by at least 50%. 
I don't know, Mark, if we've even talked about this. We haven't. Yeah, so I am way more resilient Mm. under even the worst, crappiest junk Mm. light you can possibly get. Mm. So so resilience is is what I'm working on with Bulletproof. It's like, how do I have the energy to always bring it no matter what environment I'm in? That's the key. So some people, like, I don't know, they they don't seem to care. The light doesn't seem to affect them at all. Like, that's cool. I I want that superpower, but I don't have it right now. So... I'm going to do a whole big blog series on this, and maybe we'll do a special show on it, and I will be talking on stage at the Bulletproof Conference about this. So if you'd like to know more, subscribe to Bulletproof, and we'll send an email out when I've got all this together, but I will tell you exactly how I reduced my light sensitivity and how I reduced the symptoms of, of Erlen syndrome. I still have it. I still have more energy when I wear my Erlen lenses. I travel with them all the time. I bring them with me, and if I'm going to sit indoors under crappy lighting... Uh, I'm going to use them, and I'm probably going to wear a baseball hat, which you'll see on a lot of my Facebook Lives. If you go to my uh, my Instagram account, Dave.Asprey, or on Snapchat, I'm oftentimes wearing a baseball hat when I'm not just behind a camera like this. On Snapchat, I'm just Dave Asprey. You, uh, you'll find just that that's part of what I do, and it's because if I'm in an airport, I'm going to wear a baseball hat because the airport lighting is crappy. I'm not going to take that into my system. I don't eat junk food, and I don't expose myself to junk light on purpose. And this is part of being a high-performance human. I'm saving my capacity for something that matters because wasting my energy on crappy food and crappy light, it's just not okay. If you care about your energy, you care about your performance, you care about the way you feel, the way you show up, you go take a look at this. This is, a, this is such an important area that hardly anyone knows about. Yeah, and I should mention too, like Helen's work changed my life. Like I was really struggling. Uh, I, it was my first public company vice president positions. I was responsible for uh, corporate development and company strategy and and some of the product management stuff at a computer security and network acceleration company. And the light in that building was messing with me. And like, I really want to perform my best. And sometimes I'm in a meeting and I I can't stay awake. Like my brain is going all over the place. Mm -hmm. So this stuff really, uh, really changed things for me. Helen's work changed my career I don't have any financial relationship with Helen whatsoever. Uh, like I'm just recommending this because it's really uh, it's really important work. So Erlen.com, I-R-L-E-N.com. Okay, so um, next question. Do you have any hacks for anxiety? I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder four years ago. My doctor wants to put me on meds, but I'm not keen. What are my options? This is from Craig, age 29. Craig, first, it's awesome that you're paying attention to this and you're looking at it from like I have control of this versus mm. what probably I would have done when I was in my, my early 20s if not my late 20s I'd be like whatever you say doctor like you know you have a white lab coat you you must you must have special powers uh, and you probably can hack it and maybe meds are the right thing there's no shame in using a medication when it's what gives you control of your own biology like there's a case for it it is not wise to go straight to the medication until you've looked at environmental factors and things that you can control that will maybe be better for you in the long term. Almost every anxiety medication that you can name is shown to reduce your mitochondrial function, which is really interesting. The one exception there is that some of the SSRIs, at least in the short term, increase mitochondrial function, although in the long term they may harm it, which is kind of weird. So I, I would encourage you to say, all right, don't discard the meds. There's, you're, not, you're not weak if you're on meds. But what do you do about anxiety? And there, 
one of my favorite technologies and something that I do for people who don't even know they have anxiety, we all have some of it, is heart rate variability training. I had a hedge fund manager. This guy ran a multi-billion dollar hedge fund. And I sat down with him and I said, look, all of my coaching clients, I want you to get a heart math device. They're a hundred bucks or something. So he like orders one from his private jet, <laughs> that kind of a situation. And I said, just do it for 20 minutes a day. And it just teaches you to breathe in and breathe out. And there's a thing you do that makes the light green. And when you do it, you're changing the spacing between your heartbeats to take yourself out of fight or flight mode and put yourself in rest and reset mode. It's called uh, sympathetic dominant to parasympathetic dominant. Most people who don't have strong anxiety, over the course of about six weeks, they develop a new skill. You could develop a skill over five years of meditating in a cave without feedback. It's just easier with feedback. And I did this, and it was really transformative for me because I figured out that hundreds of times a day, without my knowledge or consent, my nervous system was kicking into fight-or-flight mode. Once I used this, this kind of feedback to learn what it felt like, there's like a little twinge you feel, at least for me, I feel it in, in my chest. And then you learn the second skill, which is how to turn it off. So pretty soon I caught myself playing whack-a-mole. So hundreds of times during the day, my nervous system would go, ah, that's anxiety. And then I would go, whack, that's the antidote for anxiety, which is parasympathetic mode. So these are learned states and controlled states. You might not find it that easy to do if your basic biology isn't working. If you don't have adequate energy delivery to your brain, which happens if your blood sugar swings a lot, you're not eating enough of the good fats, you are probably going to get this much deeper level anxiety. And I think this is a chronic problem for people right now because we have this weird situation where people eat a bowl of kale, like raw kale with a low-fat dressing or some crap, and they're like, I don't feel good two hours later. It's because you have no energy in your cells. There's not enough calories in a raw kale salad, and some of the stuff in the kale inhibits mitochondrial function anyway. So when there's a brownout of energy, it's not quite a blackout. You didn't pass out. You didn't die. But you just had insufficient energy delivery to the neurons in your brain. The neurons, 10,000 mitochondria. In fact, neurons are so badass. Uh, these cells in the body, they're the only cells that have basically a shuttling system, two different shuttling systems to move mitochondria around inside the cell. Like imagine a city that had so much power mm -hmm. demand that it's impossible for this skyscraper to have enough power. So when, when everyone in that building's working, a, a bunch of trucks drive in with extra generators and plug in, and then they provide power while it's needed, and then they go, oh, better drive somewhere else. That's what's happening inside your neurons. Your mitochondria actually are motile. These little bacteria that kind of run who you are and who I am, that's going on in there. When they don't get the power they need, when that skyscraper's like, I'm trying to build something here, I don't have enough power, guess what that feels like? It feels like anxiety. It's an emergency, yeah. Yeah, and what happens then? You get a cortisol spike. Yeah. You get an adrenaline spike. Why do you get those? You get those spikes because those liberate glucose. When they liberate glucose, hey, look, there's more power for my mitochondria. Now the neuron can do what it was going to do. So you're dealing with this on a second-by-second -second basis. So you better address your food. You better be on the Bulletproof diet, and you better learn what it feels like when you kick into fight-or-flight mode, whether it's caused by an energy uh, lag or whether it's caused by a trauma in your life. The traumas come through because you're, you're programmed just like a deer and just like any mammal out there. 
And the programming happens when you're young. And it happens that way so you can survive long enough to reproduce. There's only three things you've got to do as any animal. Eat everything so you don't starve to death. That would be address the energy brownout situation. Uh, it would be kill or run away from anything that might be a threat. That Notice I said might be, that not actually is a threat. And then make sure you have sex with everything else just to make sure the species survives. There you go. you got a recipe for a self-replicating creature. Well, in order for you to know what is a threat to you and what isn't a threat, you get programmed with automated threat detection systems that come in your first several years of life before you had a chance to think about things or understand anything, before you even had a prefrontal cortex. So if, like me, you got programming that told you everything was a threat, you're going to have anxiety. In my case, I was born with a cord wrapped around my neck. I came into the world choking and thinking something was trying to kill me. Actually, I didn't think that. You're a baby. You don't really think. I felt like something was trying to kill me. That stuck with me until I recognized that that was the source of my anxiety, and I addressed it when I was 30. I did holotropic breathing. I did neurofeedback, and to this day, 40 years of Zen, it's something I do with my executive coaching clients. It's a very high-end neurofeedback program, but it's the one that reaches deepest to allow you to reprogram those traumas. I've done EMDR, and I recommend it to people. This is a type of trauma identification and removal system you can do with a therapist. But these are really important for anxiety. So if you don't address the biology, it's going to be hard to do all these other things. But do the heart rate variability starting tomorrow, change your diet starting tomorrow, and then look at the sources of things that may have programmed you to have anxiety so that you see things as a threat that aren't actually threats. And when you can undo that tangle, it sets you free. If you start doing the psychology work and you haven't addressed the energy stuff underneath Mm. it, it's going to be a lot more work, and your chances of success go down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this. And uh, the functional medicine world looks at exactly the same. Is like we start with saying, "What is the cause of this?" Now, I want to back a little bit because I just want to say, listen, age 29 and asking for help. <laughs> I love that. I wouldn't because, have done it. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, so many people suffer in silence. They yeah. they normalize their experience. They just resign themselves to to feeling this way. And then, the, obviously, understandably, they go the route of self-medication and so you turn to cannabis, to alcohol, to tranquilizers. That is the default route for most people. So I just love the fact, Craig, the age of 29 that you're putting out that you're saying, I do not want to feel this way. What can I do? So I love that because that's the first step to change. And what you just heard from Dave is, is great because this can be a symptom of a energy-deficient syndrome. When your body does not have enough energy, it goes into panic and survival mode. How does it let you know there's a problem? It activates the sympathetic nervous system that creates anxiety, stress, tension, and arousal. So managing your blood sugar, improving your diet, working with your biology is the foundation. But then you've got to ask yourself the question, what's deeper than that? And what deeper than that absolutely can be the trauma is like our pre, peri, postnatal experiences can all have a significant impact and set up the template for our default way of being to be fundamentally anxious. The other big thing is for anyone listening to this, some anxious people don't know they're anxious because they've always felt this way and they've been brought up surrounded by other anxious people. Let me explain how you know if you're anxious. If you have a lot of mind chatter and you can't control that mind chatter, and you rarely experience peace and stillness and space inside your head, you've probably got some anxiety there. And what happens is that when we don't attend to the anxious energy sitting in our body, 
that energy goes up into the head and fuels overthinking and story making. Yeah. So what happens is we get caught up in these anxiety creating stories, which are normally rooted in fear. And then that generates more arousal, which generates more stories and then becomes self-perpetuating. But here's the good news. You can put a stop to that. And here's how you do it. Anytime you feel anxious or overwhelmed or stressed, you take your focus away from the story, the narrative inside your head. You turn your attention into your body. And this sounds a little bit weird, but silently you notice where the tension is inside your body. It will be there somewhere. There'll be a heaviness, a contraction. You say to it silently, I'm pleased you're here. I'm going to be okay. And what happens is, when you shift from avoiding your felt experience or feeling experience and you turn towards it and you accept it and you affirm safety, your neurology relaxes, your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in, the relaxation response takes over and you'll feel yourself so much more grounded. If you have a lot of trapped energy there, Another thing I'd love you to do, and I love teaching this. We teach this to our coaches in the Bulletproof Coach Training Program. It's one of the, the yeah. favorite things they learn. It's called shaking medicine. Now, many indigenous populations have found that by allowing the body to shake out energy actually resets the nervous system. Yep. If you watch a traumatized animal that has been, say, a zebra chased by a lion, the zebra escapes, and it will automatically and involuntarily start to shake uncontrollably. If you've ever witnessed someone who's in a car accident, they'll often shake uncontrollably. That is actually the body's inbuilt mechanism for releasing stress, adrenaline, and trauma. So shaking medicine just simply says every single day, even for a couple of minutes, allow your body to shake. And you'll feel a bit self-conscious, that's normal, but allow yourself to start shaking and you'll actually start to discharge all of this energy. That's why it is when you exercise and discharge the energy, you feel so good. That's why it is when some people have sex and they discharge energy, they feel so good. There's a temporary discharge in this trapped energy. So, There's a couple of things I didn't mean to cut you off there. Yeah. One is uh, SWAT team members and military special operators all know this. If you go out on a raid and, and all of that, you know, to arrest someone for a smoking pot, you know, you got a black jacket on, but it could have been dangerous. I'm kidding. But, but, but it, if you go out there for uh, like a real life and death situation, one where your life as a, as a serviceman uh, or as a care provider is, is on the line, when you're done, you cannot sleep. You're so, so charged, charged up. So what they learned is like, oh, yeah, what you do is you go work out. It's, yeah, it's exactly you've got to discharge it. You've got you to like burn it off. Yeah. And, and yeah. until they knew that, this, yeah. like, this is the, the neuropsychology of, of trauma. Yeah. And um, this comes from the book On Killing, actually, yeah. where yeah. they studied like first responders and firefighters and all. And they looked at these biological reactions. But we all yeah. have these, just yeah. like you're we, saying. We, we have it. So, so anxiety be a combination of an energy issue and a energy mismanagement issue. And so you need to learn how to build biological energy and manage your emotional energy. Do that as a daily practice, making one of the most important things you do. And what you probably start to find is particularly when you affirm your safety, as long as you are genuinely safe, if you, it's like the part of us that feels anxious is often a young part of us. So when you turn to that part of you inside and you affirm safety, 
and you discharge the energy, you come back into the present moment. And so what tends to happen for a lot of people is, particularly if you're a people pleaser, you don't allow yourself to feel anger, you get this buildup of energy inside of you because you're in this inauthentic state, inauthenticity and resistance to reality generates tension that builds up day after day after day. And so part of your self-care practice would be at the end of the day, reviewing today, what pissed me off today? Allowing yourself to feel that emotional charge, welcoming it, shaking out, or using whatever practice you want to do. And you need a calming practice as well. So when Dave talked about heart rate variability, that's a great practice. Even just doing belly breathing, four, seven breathing. You breathe into the count of four, out to the count of seven. The prolonged expiration triggers the body's parasympathetic nervous system. Also use some amino acids as well. So we, need, we know when we need to relax, it uses, uh, uses neurotransmitter called GABA. In some countries, you can buy GABA. If you can't buy GABA, you can use L-theanine. You can use L-taurine, L-glutamine. All of those changed into GABA as well. You can use passion flower. You can use hops. But please, and there's a lot of people listening to this who are probably using this, um, this approach, please do not self-medicate with tranquilizers, alcohol, cannabis, Know why you have the anxiety. Start managing your biological energy, your emotional energy. Start doing that discharge. Make yourself um, feel safe. And if you, after all of that, you have to use medications, great. Yep. Because medications can just give, enable you to be higher functioning for a period of time whilst you're dealing with all it. Say, for example, the origin of your anxiety was trauma then for that period you're working with trauma, you may need something like that to help you through. So there's no shame in that. But just in summary, I love the fact that you, you wrote in, that you, you put it out there, the fact you want to take charge of yourself and just know there is so much you can do to help yourself. And Craig, there's, there's some other stuff too to understand. And this is something that really came crystal clear for me through doing 10 weeks of 40 years of Zen training and doing it with, with lots of clients one of the things that happens when you have electrodes on your head for hours a day for a week is it functions like a lie detector. Mm-hmm. And what you find is that what happens is something occurs in the world around you and your biology responds to it and it responds with a feeling or an emotion. And then, oh, 200 milliseconds or so, 300 milliseconds later, your conscious rational brain says, I'm going to make up a story about why I had that feeling. But what actually happened was the feeling happened for no freaking reason. Like reasons are not in any way, shape or form rational or logical. They simply occur. They occur to keep your meat alive. They occur in animals too. It's just a feeling. The problem is that in your case, you're feeling anxiety. The good thing is you're feeling anxiety. When I started on this path, I didn't even feel anxiety. All I felt was generally pissed off most of the time. Or numb. Yeah, or numb. numb yeah, normal. there you go. Numb and pissed yeah. off. And it, it took me like three days of working at like at an, a workshop. It was a 10-day workshop to like get in touch with your feelings. I'm like, why is it that I'm like, something isn't right? And the lady who was running it, uh, Barbara Fendizen, this was something called the Star Foundation. And she's like, Dave, you have some feelings in there. I'm like, yeah, I'm pissed off. And she goes, no, there's other feelings. I'm like, no, there's mm-hmm. not. So finally she looked at me after like three days of, of being in my head and arguing with her. She's like, okay, is there a feeling in your body anywhere? I go, yeah, I, there's like a feeling in my stomach. 
she goes, there's a name for that feeling. And I go, what is it? She goes, mm. it's called fear. Mm. And I was like, are you kidding me? Mm. Right? So I didn't even have the labeling for these yeah. things, probably because I was like Asperger's-like in, in my, my approach to things. I wasn't formally diagnosed with it, although many members of my family have, and the odds are very high that I had it. So maybe I'm disconnected from that more than average, but it's given me the gift of being able to watch what's going on in there. So in my own case, understanding that I had any anxiety at all, I, I would say I don't have any anxiety. Like it's it's invisible to me. It's not there. You know, I just I, I you know maybe don't like a lot of people because they're stupid. <laughs> um, that was my take on the world, but it did come down to feelings happen, and then I tell myself a story, and the story is that everyone else is an asshole. Well, okay, that wasn't really an accurate story, but that was whatever my own internal dialogue was. Your internal dialogue, that the story you tell yourself as a result of the feeling of anxiety, is very likely not actually true. And that's something that you'll work through. Whether you do it with meds or without meds, it doesn't actually matter. Just do it in the right order. Address the biological energy and then go in and work on the therapeutic things. And you can unwind it. And you'll find that over the course of usually one to two years, and maybe faster if you're doing uh, some neurofeedback or some of the assisted biofeedback type of things, the stories you tell yourself about the feelings you have will change and the feelings themselves will change. One of the things we do at 40 Years of Zen is called neurofeedback augmented retroframing. And there we go into an altered state. We use the computer to show you how to alter your own state. And then you go back and you rewrite the experiences that told your nervous system how to interpret reality around you. So t- today you walk in and you feel anxiety because it's a room full of people. Well, if you can reprogram your nervous system so that when it sees a room full of people, it's like, wow, look at all these people here to help. Mm. The core feeling went away, so then your story about the feeling can go away too. And there's actually processes to do this. It, they're just a hell of a lot faster with technology. And that's why I'm so excited about this stuff. That's why I do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, just one final... I keep saying one final <laughs> no, no. thing. It's just, uh, but this is such a great opportunity because here's another thing as well, and this probably applies to every single person listening to this podcast right now. Please give yourself permission to feel all of your emotions. It's okay to feel anger. It's okay to feel sadness. It's okay to feel guilt. It's okay to feel happiness. It's okay to feel joy. What we want to do is get to a place where our emotional bandwidth expands from being locked into a specific emotion, so your default underlying tone was kind of anger, and mm-hmm. to expand it so we get to a place where we just see emotion for what it is, which is just energy, that we label as being this or that. We learn how to welcome with it and work with it because when you learn how to work with your biological energy and your emotional energy and you do those two simultaneously, that's when your life takes off, and that is at the heart of high performance. Indeed. We're up on the end of the show, Mark. If you enjoyed this show, you can do a couple things to say thanks. The first one is go on over to bulletproof.com slash PQ, that's short for podcast questions, and record a question of your own so that Mark and I can riff on it and have a conversation like this with maybe half a million people listening and benefit them greatly. So the question that you have in your mind is probably something that everyone else has too. So have the courage to ask us. I would appreciate that. That's bulletproof.com slash PQ. You can also, while you're at bulletproof.com, you can go there and try some brain octane. If you haven't tried this, if you're using coconut oil, it takes about 
between 10 and 18 times as much coconut oil uh, as, as you can get for brand octane oil. So it's maybe 5% of the oil found in coconut oil. Coconut oil doesn't raise ketones the way that brain octane does. It is a very different neurological feeling to try the real stuff. So give it a shot. If you don't drink coffee, I won't judge you, at least not very much. But you can pour brain octane on any food. You can cook with it. You can use it in your salad dressing. I actually have brain octane in a little flask. And when I travel, I I put it on every meal. So I, I get it three times a day because my energy is so stable. I just have more energy to do things like this. Uh, so you could check that out, and you could also go to iTunes, and you could leave a rating that said, you know, this was a valuable use of your time while you were commuting or sitting at work today and listening to this. One of the commitments that Mark and I have is to not waste your time with Bulletproof Radio. If you look at the number of, of, of hours of downloads of this, we're pushing 50 million downloads, and you divide by the number of hours in human life, there's something like 100, a little bit more than 100 human lives have been consumed by this content. If we're adding value, then, well, we earn some karma bonus points. And if we're basically making a bunch of dick jokes and wasting your time, uh, we do the opposite of that. And that's not what I'm here to do. Hopefully you laugh a few times during this, but hopefully you leave every single episode uh, with an upgrade. That's what this is here to do. That's why we're here. And if we're doing that for you, just let us know through a rating or through supporting Bulletproof. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.